with me to Mark chapter 10. We're going to jump right in to Scripture um, this morning. If you don't have a Bible, the words will be on the screen. Um, if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, let me know. I'll get you one. Um, grab your worship guide, insert, track along, take notes. Because here's what I, I, here's what I know to be true. Um, God wants to speak to you. I feel like I'm yelling. God wants to speak to you on more um, than just Sunday morning. Um, this isn't just a Sunday morning thing where you get the message um, when you grab those those binders that we have, if you, have if you haven't got a binder, um, and you, you take that, that insert and you fill in those blanks, um, God can speak to you um, throughout the rest of the week. And so um, let's get started here. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 46 is where we're going today. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. We're going to read this story today. Here's the title of my message. Y'all help me out this morning. It's called The Blind Leading the Blind. Isn't that what life is, right? Isn't that what Christianity is? Isn't that what, what we're trying to do here? It's just the blind leading the blind. I remember when I got saved, I really just feel like a beggar trying to tell other beggars where to get some bread, right? It's like, I don't have this figured out. At this point in my walk with God, I've got more questions than I really do answers. And I feel blind a lot in certain things. But I believe today that through the story and the moment of blind Bartimaeus, we're going to allow the blind to lead the blind into freedom in different areas inside of our life. Mark chapter 10, verse 46, it says, And they, this would be Jesus and the disciples, came to Jericho. This is the new Jericho, not the old Jericho. Uh, in the Old Testament, um, the Israelites, they walked around the city, they shouted, and the walls fell down. So maybe you've never read that story, not familiar with the Bible. This is the new Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho, this is Jesus leaving Jericho with the disciples and all of the people that had gathered together to hear the message of Jesus. By this point in his ministry, he was heading to Jerusalem for Passover, which would start um, the process for him to be crucified on the cross. So this is nearing the end of his ministry. And when they had heard, everybody say heard, heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began, oh, I'm sorry, let me back up. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard, say it again, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, son of David. This is interesting because he is blind, yet he notices the divinity of Jesus. Uh, the, the old prophets um, in the Old Testament, they prophesied or they talked about the future that the Savior or the Messiah would come through the lineage of King David. You guys remember David and Goliath? And so he recognizes him, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stepped up and said, call him. And they, oh man, we got some they. Y'all ever got any days in your life? They always got something to say, don't they? They always got something to tell you the reason you can't step into freedom. They always got something to say to keep you from stepping into what God has for you in your life. They always got something to tell you about how you're not qualified. You're not adequate. You're disqualified to do what God's called you to do. You've battled with that so long. It's a terminal thing. Come on, somebody. How many of you in this? In the, y'all got a day? Y'all got a day? Y'all got a day? I got a day. I got a lot of days. But they... They, they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you and throwing off his coat and throwing off his coat, and throwing off his coat and throwing off his coat, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, I love the, I'm one of these days, I'm going to preach a message series called the rhetorical questions of Jesus. 
What do you want from me? (laughs) Gee, I don't know. It's interesting though. What do you want for me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me, read this next word with me, let me recover, 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 recover. Not get, not let me see. He said, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go on your way because your faith has made you well. And immediately, and immediately, and immediately, he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So he became part of the movement. Father, we just thank you for this morning. I pray that you would allow the blind to lead the blind today. God, help us to identify those blind areas in our life. Um, those areas where we haven't received freedom, where we haven't received healing, where we haven't received breakthrough. Help us to identify them. And Holy Spirit, we just give you, we give you, we give you room to do surgery in this room this morning. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. What an incredible moment in Scripture, right? I guess it's a pretty cool story, man. And if you grew up uh, around a felt board or grew up around church, you've heard the story uh, of blind Bartimaeus, son uh, of David, have mercy on me. You, you, you know that this, this is, Jesus does what we expect him to do in the Bible, right? He, he, he heals the sick. He, he, he gives sight to the blind. He raises the dead back to life. I mean, this is the typical Jesus uh, of the Bible, this, this, the great healer recovering the sight uh, to the blind. That's what we know him for. Obviously, he died on the cross for our sin, but we know him as the healer. And at first glance, this is definitely a praiseworthy story, right? Like, wow, praise God. The blind man can now see again. But, but you see, if we're honest, y'all honest today? If we're honest, this is so far from what we actually believe can happen in our own life. Come on, y'all awake? I mean, like, my, my, my back has hurt for, like, a year now. And... Boy, it's real cool to read about Jesus healing blind eyes, but at the end of the day, they're like, do I even have enough faith that He can actually heal my back? We read these stories and they're cool, right? They're, they're awesome and we've been taught them, a lot of us, throughout our life. But, but really, if we're just honest today, they're so far away from what we believe can actually happen inside of our life because most of us have been taught to read the Bible at face value like it was a storybook. Come on, gather around, kids. We're going to learn a Bible story. These people aren't people. They're characters. They're they're, they're, they're people in a story, in in a book that was fabricated thousands of years ago. And and we don't know. Was it all real? Is it added to it? I don't know. This is how we've been taught to to read the Bible. The problem is, is when we read it that way, we miss out on so much that Jesus wants to do in our lives today. I believe everything that happened in the New Testament can happen in our church. Or do I? I don't know. Because I've really been struggling with having the faith that God can heal my back. Are y'all with me? This wasn't just a story. This was a moment. You guys noticed my intentionality as I preach to you every Sunday. I don't say story, I say moment. Because it wasn't a story, it's a moment. It's a recorded moment in history that would live through eternity inside of the Bible. 
You see, it's when you cross over into the actual historical details around this moment, when you actually see it this way, it changes everything about the Bible. When you see it, there's real people walking through real situations. Jesus was real. It's no longer a story. It's no longer characters. These are real people living real lives with real feelings. And because of that, I can now see myself inside the story. Right? But the problem is we see ourselves in the story in the wrong position a lot. I'm David. No, you're not. You're just the Philistine army scared to death to go down into the valley and fight the giant. Jesus is David. You're like, I'm, I'm Moses. Leading the people to freedom. It's like, no, you're the people griping, saying, I wish you had left us in Egypt. At least we had graves there. When you read the Bible like these are real people, because they are, and this was a real historical account, it opens up all new things for you inside of your life. You get you this hunger to read about these people because if God did it for them, God can do it for me. If God moved then, God can move now. If God healed this guy of blind sight, surely he can heal my back. Surely he can heal my grandma of cancer. Surely he can heal my brother. Who? who come on, somebody. But we see his desire to, to, to heal when we see it this way, to deliver, to set us free. These aren't just stories. These, these moments, these miracles, I'll tell you guys this every week, this is not just a moment where Jesus puts on a Superman cape and heals somebody. This is an actual moment where God is revealing His nature to us. That's what Jesus came to do, to reveal the heart of the Father. Religion showed us God's hand. Jesus showed us God's heart. So follow me here, more than just a healing moment. This is a moment of someone who was held captive and had just been set free. Y'all with me? More than a healing moment of blind Bartimaeus, more than him just recovering his sight, this is a moment where Jesus set him free. More than recovering physical sight, this is a moment of spiritual freedom for blind Bartimaeus. Freedom is, is interesting though because it's really tricky to preach about. You don't have a lot of guys preach about freedom. I, I, was, I was discouraged as a young preacher to preach about freedom. Freedom's tricky. Why? Because people get free and they don't stay free. We come to the altar and we, we lay it all down. And typically before we leave, we pick it all up and carry it with us. And so if I can preach freedom and immediately his blind eyes were healed. And it doesn't happen immediately in your life. Well, it makes you doubt the Bible or have questions about the Bible. And the people that teach you the Bible are so prideful and uncomfortable with your questions. They teach you that God is uncomfortable with your questions. And so we just don't preach about freedom. If freedom is there, why are so many Christians not free? Right? Think about it this way. Luke 4.18. This is Jesus talking. The Spirit of God is upon me and I have came to set the captive free to preach the message of freedom to those who are bound. No, we just rather make you church people. Just put your 20 in the bucket. Take your time in the nursery. Make a cake when somebody dies. Make a bouquet when somebody gets married. That's our Christian experience here on our 2 Corinthians 3.17 it says, now the Spirit, now, now, now where there is the Spirit of the Lord, there is, say it with me, freedom. freedom. So, so, 
the, the common thread that weaves the entire 66 books of the Bible together is the story about a father who's setting his children free. But we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it because it's tricky. We don't talk about it because we've seen people get free at the altar and then not stay free inside of their life. Well, if this is true, if these two scriptures are true, and I wholeheartedly believe they are, then why are not more Christians free? Because I believe this right here, and this is a little strong, but because the Bible is read and taught at face value with no context around it. So we see it as a story and not real life events. There's a disconnect between what we read in the Bible and what we think can actually happen inside of our life. So let's do, let's do this this morning. Let's jump into the historical account of blind Bartimaeus. And let's see this moment differently with fresh eyes this morning. Let's put ourselves in this moment. Who is he? Uh, where did this happen? Uh, what's the history? How, how can I step into to freedom? Because it isn't just a moment of healing. It's a moment of spiritual freedom for blind Bartimaeus because in that moment he recovered his sight, but he also found his, his purpose and his calling and he jumped in the crowd and probably was on the front row of the next church they planted when Jesus died. Can I get an amen? So, so let's, let's, let's find the first step today. Let's find our way back to freedom that God has for us, that He desires for us, that He paid such a high price on the cross for us to have. Come on, you want to take the first step today? Okay, 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 okay. So Jesus is moving from, from old Jericho to new Jericho. You got to know this. New Jericho was about two miles apart from old Jericho. Uh, the, the new Jericho was occupied by Rome, and so there were some rules. There was some occupation. It was a, a, almost like Russia invading Ukraine. It's kind of that, that same feeling. Christianity was not a good thing. And, and, and so, so here they are, or, or Jesus, matter of fact, wasn't a new thing. Um, um, religion was really good and instilled, but, but this new way was, was counter to, to religion and and along the two-mile journey, this, you got to picture this in your mind. Along the two-mile journey from old Jericho to new Jericho, the, the road was completely lined with beggars. From, from two miles, can you imagine that? A mile is 5,280 feet times two, times two again, both sides of the road, lined with beggars all the way this two-mile stretch. Can you just picture this in your mind this morning? And Jesus is walking to Jerusalem, and there's all of these people traveling to Jerusalem for Passover, and they're all walking by these, these beggars, rattling these cups and, and saying, hey, can I get a, a few alms? Can I get a, a little food? Can I get this? And they're, they're, they're lined up along the road, and... Half the population, half the male population was blind. This is interesting. Around the moment of blind Bartimaeus, half, half of the male population, the historian that wrote the account for this, said he couldn't tell how many women were blind also because they were so tightly veiled with the veils on their face. But he said, I did figure out that half of the, the male population um, was blind. It was due to unsanitary living conditions, the glare of the sun, the dust, and... Um, and this eye disease that was contagious, like pink eye on steroids, and so it would cause people to go blind. So not only is blind Bartimaeus blind, but he's sitting along a two-mile, can you picture this this morning? A two-mile road lined with blind people, and they're all there, and they're rattling, they're rattling the command. <laughs> you know, that sounds a lot like the world today. That sounds a lot like the church today. Right? Something happens. We, we could see. We have this moment with God. It's great. And we grow up and boom! Something happens and we go blind. 
We get disoriented and, and discouraged and angry and upset and disengaged from our life before and we, we find ourselves in this cycle of wake up, go to work, yell at the kids. Wake up, go to work, yell at the kids. Fight with my spouse, we don't have enough money. Oh, what am I going to do? Is my life ever going to matter? Come on, am I preaching to somebody today? It changes the story when you know the context, when you realize that, that everybody was blind with him. I wonder if that's how you feel today. Something has happened in your life. Divorce, addiction, job loss, bankruptcy, hurt by church or religion. You left you blind, depressed, disoriented. Notice he wasn't always this way. He asked Jesus to recover his sight. He was bound by the chains of blindness. Maybe that's where you are today. But, but I've got good news for you today. I've got, I've got good news for you uh, today. Verse 47, it says, and when he heard, and when he heard, say that, say when he heard, and i got good news for you today, because I'm going to preach like heaven is real and hell is hot. Come on, somebody. I'm going to preach to you today the good news that Jesus came to, to, and died on the cross to set you free, not only from a physical ailment, but from a spiritual one, to walk you into freedom. But you're going to have to do some things. It's going to cause some action on your part. So if you're willing to hear today, I believe God is willing to heal today. Y'all ready? Y'all ain't ready. Here's the first thing Blind Barmaidus was willing to do. You got notes? You ain't got any notes. Come on, bro. He was willing, he was willing to open his mouth. He was willing to open his mouth. You want to step into freedom? You want to step into freedom? Do you have areas in your life you want to get free from? I do. I'm preaching to me today. He was willing to open his mouth. Man, in our culture today, aren't we taught just to shut up and sit down and don't talk about our problems? But we just talk about them on Facebook. That's what we talk about. Right? He was willing to imagine the lie. The, the, the road is, is lined with beggars. Right? It's lined with beggars. The entire road for, 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 for two miles on each side, it was lined with beggars. Yet blind Bartimaeus was the only one who was willing to open his mouth and say, Son of David, have mercy on me. You got to be willing to open your mouth. You got to be willing to say, "Hey, I need help." Anybody need help? Y'all need help? Jaime, you need help? I need help, brother. Verse forty-seven. And when he heard this, when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, he, he began to cry out. He began to cry out and say, "Son." of Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This seems simple. This whole opening his mouth thing seems simple. Yet, number two, yet, it is one of the most challenging things to do inside of our life. It's hard as a dad and as a husband and as a pastor to sit in my small group and go, guys, I need help. I need y'all to pray for me. I'm missing it here as a dad. I'm missing it here as a husband. It, it, it seems so easy. Oh, he just opened his mouth. But really, it's the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to say, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not okay. Say this with me. We're going to practice it because this is New Life Church. Say this with me. Say, on three, I want you to say, I'm not okay. One, two, three. I'm not okay. See how we, hey! Even inside of our self-help culture, that tells us that we have to look inside of ourselves for the answers. 
If you could help yourself, you'd have helped yourself. I love it when people say, well, I'm a self-made man. I'm always like, why'd you make yourself like that then? Because, yeah, I got it. You got a lot of money, but your soul is empty. Opening your mouth is hard, but in order to step into freedom, you've got to open your, your mouth. Don't you think, don't, don't you think if, if you or this world had the answers to the questions your soul was asking, then the world and the people around us would look different than the way they look? Let me say that again. Don't you think if we had the ability to fix ourselves, if, we had, if this self-help actually worked, I think it's a bunch of garbage. It's like a $9 billion industry. You can't fix yourself. Yes, you can go on a diet. Or maybe you can't because I can't because it's very hard because I really like to eat and I need God's help to get me on a... Come on, somebody. I need the Spirit of God that is on the inside of me that is greater that He that is within me than that brownie that Marta made. You, you got to open your mouth. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to open your mouth. You got to open your mouth. When we buy this lie, we stay stuck in blindness in our lives. In order to take the first step into freedom, it, it, the first step of faith into sight that's waiting for us, we've got to be first open our mouth and acknowledge our need for freedom. We have to acknowledge our need for freedom. It's doing the same thing blind Bartimaeus did, opening your mouth and getting honest about where you are. Getting honest about where you are. Getting honest about the freedom you so long to have. Hey, God didn't design you to do life alone. He didn't design you with the expectation that you should have all the answers. This is why small groups are so important. This is why I'm like, get a small group, get a small group, get a small group. Because I was sitting in, in my small group on Wednesday night. And we talked about the one big thing that we were all working on. All dads in the room Wednesday night. It was the divine thing. Do you know what you want to know? We were all working on the same thing. I sat with a guy and one of my friends. and He's got a son that's younger than my son. My son's 11 now. His is younger. And I watched him start making some of the same mistakes as he's describing it, that I made with my first son when he was little. And I was able to say, hey man, you don't have to do that. Listen, here, here's the difference. Look at this one. Look at this one. See, see what I did here? I was different here than I was here. And you don't have to do Ang Come on, somebody. Small group. You, you, God didn't design you to fix yourself and God didn't design you to do life alone. It is in, when we open our mouth, the, the Bible says in James 5, 16, it says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. In order to be healed, just like blind Barnabas, you got to open your mouth. Because you know what's cool about that? The Bible says that you don't talk about the other one. You pray for them. So we got together, didn't we, guys? We prayed. God's going to break this off of us. Not only that, I'm looking and I'm going to find a, a book that we can go through together, a Bible plan on the Bible app that we can go through together that's going, to, that's going to free us from the anger that we have as men. And we're going to be different dads all because we were willing to open our mouth. Y'all ain't ready for this today. If it was true for blind Bartimaeus, the same is true for you. I can promise you this at New Life. There, a moment, the, the moment you become brave enough to get honest about your struggle, you'll see two things. You'll see, you'll see, number one, you're not the only one. And you'll see, number two, you'll find people who will commit to walk with you into the freedom that God has for you. What God is calling you to get 
honest about, to open your mouth about, but what is it for you? What is it? Hey, listen, stop pretending that you have it all together. Because God can't bless who you pretend to be. He can only bless who He created you to be. He can't bless your Instagram filter. Number two, here's the second thing Blind Bartimaeus did. Number two. Is this helping anybody? I'm having fun this morning. Maybe it's because I did an encounter the last two days and I'm fired up, you know, but I was really excited about this message before the encounter. Number two, number two, the blind leading the blind. He, he was willing, he was willing, he was willing to throw off his coat. In verse 49, the Bible says, and Jesus, come up here, Matthew, and Jesus said, Call him, and he called the blind man, saying, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And what? What's verse 50 start out with? And what? Come on, y'all are weak. Maddie, what is it? Read it with me. And throwing off his coat. Oh, the coat. The coat. The coat, there's, there's so much in this, this, little, this little coat. Let you try this on, man of God. Step on out here in the lights where we can see you. This, this coat. You, you see, this is significant because this coat that he wore, y'all know God's so intentional that he puts things in the Bible just to help you step into freedom. It's, it's important because this coat was his identity. Not even metaphorically, but historically under Roman occupation inside of the New Jericho, if you were a beggar, you were deemed by the government a beggar, if you could prove your disability, they would give you a jacket that would say you can sit on the side of the road and beg for alms. And so not only was it his spiritual identity, but it was also his physical identity through Roman occupation. This gave him the right to be a beggar. It gave him a right, a legal right to be, to be a beggar. When you wear the coat, it identified someone as a beggar. Every single day, blind Bartimaeus woke up and the first thing he did was put on his coat. He would don his jacket to show his identity. Every day that, that he placed the jacket on his body, he was confirming his identity through his deformity. You, you know, I bet he had a love-hate relationship with this jacket. I, I bet he had a love-hate relationship with his jacket because, because this jacket actually does provide some things for us. Right? Like... Um, It provides the confirmation through remembering what has actually happened to us or who we actually are. It, it reminds us, you see, in this jacket, when we put it on, it reminds us that, that, that we were addicted and, and that, oh, yeah, I am an alcoholic. And, oh, I forgot. I, I'm poor. And, and oh, yeah, 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 there was that time I got divorced. And, and, and oh, th there was that trauma when I was seven. There's this anger. Put that on there for my small group, guys. Can I get an amen? Lazy. Put that on there for my kids. Turn around. <laughs> right? Ah, oh, put on my jacket. The more I remember, I have anxiety problems. I have anxiety. I have anxiety problems. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I remember, oh yeah, I remember when I wake up in the morning, I got to put my, I'm depressed. Depressed. I remember when I didn't know I had another choice and I walked into that clinic. You, you see, turn around. You see, the, the jacket provides us things. Oh, there's things in this jacket. Oh, God, if you, there's things in this. This jacket helps me continue my low standard of living. It says I'm angry, so leave me alone because I'm angry. You know I'm angry, so stay away from me so it allows me to live at a lower standard. It says poverty is in my life. This is my, my identity. And so poor people, that's what poor people do. You know, I was poor. I was raised poor, so I'm with poor people. And you see how the identity, it does provide you. It provides you a lower standard of living. Well, I'm an alcoholic. I'm always going to struggle with alcohol. So, so when I struggle, you know, it's, no, no, it's really no shock because I'm an alcoholic. You see, this, this jacket provides security for us. Also, I think that's in the other pocket. What else does this jacket give us? We like the jacket. Y'all like you like wearing your jacket sometimes. Because it provides you security. You see, he might have hated this jacket, but he loved it because it was the only way he could, the only way he could eat. I came by on my way. To heaven this morning to tell you that you no longer have to live this way. You no longer have to wear the old, ripped, dirty, tattered, security, full jacket in your life. You no longer have to live that way. Galatians 3.27, it says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. Like putting on New clothes. There is no longer Jew, Gentile, black, white, male, female. For all who are in Christ Jesus are one. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham with his heirs and God's promise of Abraham belongs to you, come on, somebody. You see, the coat does, you can have to see, the coat does offer you some things of this world, but God has a new coat for you this morning. The coat will tell you it's okay to live the way you live. Yeah. The coat will give you security. The coat will help you continue to live low standards of your lifestyle. The coat will provide you things. This world will offer you things, but I promise you, God is standing over the banister of heaven this morning and say, I've got a new coat for them. I've got a new place for them. I've got a new place for freedom. I've got a new way for them to live their marriage. I've got a new way for them to, to save their money. I've got a new way for them to, to step into freedom. But in order to do that, you've got to let the blind lead you into freedom. You know, I had to do this. This whole thing we just did. Because there was a moment in my life where I was a pastor and everything in my life went wrong. Y'all know I'm supposed to be perfect, right? I'm perfect now, but you know, God had to work on me. And, and I was thinking about this because we did an encounter this weekend and we had 30 people here and all of them received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. People were getting free from things that they have they've held their whole life. And I was thinking, Nick, I was thinking if I never would have took off that coat, we wouldn't be in this room. 
Because the coat that I had put on was one that I didn't have to go to church every week. The coat that I put on, I don't know if you know this, but most pastors don't have TV stations and, <laughs> and, and YouTube channels. And, you know, we, I mean, y'all with me this morning. And I really had fun making a lot of money with my, my other job. Is this too much for you guys? I wonder who's connected to the moment you decide to throw your coat off and step up and say, Son of David, have mercy on me. I wonder, I wonder if there's going to be a room full of people at your house in your small group and they're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they're going to get, they're going to get saved or they're going to get delivered or God's going to break that out of their heart or their God's going to reunite their family all because you decided today, Sunday morning, May, whatever the date is. What's the date? You're too late. 15th. May 15th. 2022 that you decided like Matthew did today to take off your old coat and to step into something new that God has for you to take off your old coat of blindness and step into new freedom inside of your life. Come on, man. Y'all are preaching way better than y'all are responding. This is new life church, everybody. It's never too late to start a new life. Number three. Here's the now we got to cruise through this one. You like it? I sent Nick the graphic you know, like on whatever day it was, Tuesday, Wednesday. He's like, oh, can't wait to hear that. So he was willing to open his mouth. He was willing to, to take off his jacket. What's the next one? Give it to me, Anastasia. He was willing to get up. <laughs> I feel like preaching today. He was willing to get up. Boy, it's hard to get up when you've been knocked down. It's, it's hard to get, to get up. It says in Jesus' step, verse 49, and Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called to the blind man saying, take him. To him, saying to him, take heart. Everybody say it with me. Get up. He's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. He was willing to take the first step. The first step is the hardest. The first step is the scariest. The, the day that I have to admit I, I have an anger problem. We like to call them issues and tendencies. It's a problem. The day that I have to say, like, I have an alcohol problem. That's the first step, right? The day that I have to acknowledge I'm, I'm far from God. He's not far from me, but I'm real far from Him. The day that we have to realize that, that maybe the stress we have in our life is because we just don't want to do the things we know to do. We would rather stay stressed about the things that are out of our control. Man, the first step is hard. Whoa, 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 whoa. He would have never gotten there if he hadn't have, have taken the first step. T taking off the coat isn't enough. You've got to start walking. That's what I would tell you that went to the encounter last night. Taking off the coat is not enough. This is what God told me to tell you. Taking the coat off is not enough. You've got to start walking. Amen. Getting free is one thing. Staying free is another. Right. Getting free is awesome, but staying free means you're sharing your testimony. You're leading people to Jesus. Yeah. You're, 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 you're walking in your calling, your purpose, your anointing. You're hungry for God's Word. Get, get, you, you, can take, you can take the coat off, but you've got to get up and start walking. 
Right? Well, what's the first step for you? What is it for you? I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for some of you. I can tell you out loud in front of these, no, I'm just kidding. But what is it? No, for real, what is it? Is it like joining a support group? Have you found a million and eight excuses why you can't go to a small group? Reading your Bible every day? That's your first step. Is it getting marriage counseling? Is it getting like personal counseling and actually like working on the trauma in your life? Because none of y'all had traumatic childhoods, right? Right. I don't start it. I didn't start a college fund for my kids. I started a counseling fund for my kids. You know, <laughs> like I don't care where y'all gonna get your schooling, but we're gonna make sure you're healthy and healed in Jesus' name. Come on, take your first step. Do it. Your future is one of vision, of peace, of impact, a journey to discover the Father's heart for you. You'll never get there unless you take the first step. Come on, open your mouth, throw off the coat, and get up. The last thing, though, the last thing is really important. Let me let me share the, the last one with you. So, so hang on, Anastasia. He, he was willing to open his mouth. He was willing to throw off the coat. He was willing to get up. This is how you get free. It's the blind leading the blind. Here's the last one, though, because this is the important one. And this is what I felt like God wanted me to, to get into your spirit this morning was that he was willing to believe that sight was possible. He was willing to believe that restoration was possible. Right? Gosh, that's hard to do, man. I, I, I have a friend who's, who's an alcoholic. And I used to be an alcoholic. I'm not anymore in Jesus' name. Right? Have you ever struggled with something and got free and you, you, you look at somebody struggling with it and you can see what they're thinking? I remember there was a season in my life where I didn't think the freedom that I walk in today was possible. I just thought I'd always, like I was warped. Like I'd always be this way. I remember telling Brian, I remember telling her like, this is my struggle. You know, this is what a religious people, well, that, this is the thorn in my side. That, right? And I remember like even, like this is what makes me so great as a preacher because I'm on the edge. You know, this is just, my dad was like this, and I'm like this. I, I really, I, I honestly hadn't ever got, it, it doesn't matter, hey, it don't matter if you come to the altar and you throw the coat off. It don't matter if you take the first step. It don't matter if you open your mouth if you're not willing to believe that change can actually happen in your life. Maybe that's where you need to start today. Verse 52, Jesus said to him, go on your way. What me? It was your faith that made you well. Out of 5,280 feet times two times two lined with beggars, you were the one who believed that I could recover your sight. And so today, because of your belief, maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you just need to believe. Maybe you need to believe sight's possible. Can I tell you this today? 
self-help with you, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. What, what, what is it that you need to believe for today? Is it financial provision? Or is it just like, what am I doing? You ever ask yourself that question? What am I doing? What am I doing? Is it to believe that God actually called you, pointed you, set you apart to, to build His kingdom? What is it, right? What, what, what do you need to believe this morning? Because I'm telling you, I believe right now in this moment, uh, May 15th of 2020, I believe there's an open heaven above us and God is, is like, hey, we'll tell you, get them to ask me. Get them to believe again. Get them to wake up again. Get them to believe the things that they thought were dead. I specialize in bringing dead things back to life. If you can just get them to believe and ask me, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that, that is beyond what they could ask, believe, or even think He's that good. He's that good.